This is episode 13. My name is Matt. This is Tom. And this is Travis. And we have another huge episode for you guys this week. So we're going to have featured reviews of Edgar Wright's new film, Baby Driver. We're going to talk about The Big Sick, The Beguiled, Okja, and Atomic Blonde, which doesn't come out for another month. And then we'll also have some other movies we've been watching. We'll play our Rotten Tomatoes game at the end. Uh, so pretty, pretty packed episode we got this week. Uh, but before we dive in, what have you guys been up to since the last time we recorded? Mm, I floated on a lake in a giant uh, gummy bear, which is pretty awesome. A real gummy bear? No, not real. <laughs> that would have been too awesome. And I would have sunk due to eating a hole in it, for sure. <laughs> uh, but I did bring a pack of gummy bears with me so that I could eat gummy bears while floating on an inflatable gummy bear. Good call. Yeah. Did the you soak them in red. alcohol? Which was not my preferred color, but it was the only one that was available. <laughs> and no, I did not soak them in alcohol, but that is a great idea. Next time. What were the what are the logistics? Are you sit in like the bear's belly or like Yeah, so it's kinda nice because the bear's head it inflates more. So it's got sort of like an oblong shape to it, so that you can get pretty creative with, you know, getting comfortable. Kind of props your back up if you're facing the same direction as the bear. And if you're facing the opposite direction, it's like sitting on a chair backwards. Did you buy this? <laughs> yeah. Amazon? Yeah, no, Target. Darn. <laughs> yeah, Target had a pretty good selection. They had a lot of funny inflatable ones that are like a little expensive. Not too bad, but like $25. And then they have a bunch that are like $8 that are also pretty awesome, but not as epic as a gummy bear. And Sarah was in a big swan. So. Is, is that all the rage this summer? It is. Fun inflatables? Uh, yeah, I see a lot of them <laughs> at the lake. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, people are going crazy for them. So, I mean, whatever you're into, they make a, an inflatable for that now. Nice. I gotta get in on this, <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, last weekend, I went to uh, Pain in the Grass, which is a local radio station's like annual concert that they put on summer festival just full of terrible terrible bands but uh i saw i got the opportunity the privilege really to see uh corn for the first time and uh it was like i was in middle school all over again it was uh, pretty amazing <laughs> once that music kicked in i was a fucking freak on the leash man yeah the corn fans when i was in school I was I one of them. Did not associate. <laughs> I was one of them. I wouldn't wear it on my sleeve, but they were definitely one of my favorite bands in junior high. Yeah, somebody burned corn into the lawn at school. Hell yeah, That's the awesome. word backwards <laughs> R and everything just scorched it into like green grass. I don't even know how they did it. Kerosene probably. It was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, other than that, just been going to a bunch of screeners and stuff. Uh, what have you been up to, Travis? Uh, same thing. Screeners and uh, been to a few barbecues in the last couple weeks. Went to a wedding. Mm. Helped my brother move. Uh, lots of fun stuff. I went to my aunt's yesterday for a 4th of July celebration. And we uh, played some volleyball, some uh, cornhole, and um, drank a lot of booze. You guys couldn't wait campfire. for the no, the fourth is dead this <laughs> year. It's on a Tuesday. They're <laughs> celebrating Canada Day. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little tired, but um, ready to go. Ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So cool. should we? Uh, you guys got anything you want to talk about, or should we just dive into our first review? No, let's shoot from the hip. 
All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So we're going to start with the big sick. We've got a clip. Let's take a listen. So, uh, 9-11. No, I mean, I've always wanted to have a conversation with about it with people. You've never talked to people about 9-11? No, what's your, what's your stance? What's my stance on 9-11? Okay, The Big Sick is the latest film from Michael Showalter, uh, who directed uh, Hello, My Name is Doris and some other things. Uh, the film is written by Kamel Nanjiani and Emily Gordon, a uh, real-life husband and wife duo. And the movie is about their relationship. Uh, The plot synopsis on IMDb reads, A couple deals with their cultural differences as their relationship grows. Short and sweet. Movie about a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So only myself and Travis saw this one. So we're going to keep it spoiler free since this movie technically doesn't come out for another two weeks. So we'll just be general. Also don't want to spoil it for Tom Mm because he also wants to see this movie. But, uh, Travis, let's talk about The Big Sick. What were your feelings? It was pretty sick. So I loved, sick. <laughs> I loved it a lot. Um, I thought the performances were great, uh, especially the main two, Camille Nanjiani and uh, Zoe Kazan. And I thought it was really funny. It was emotional. Um, I would say it's probably one of the best movies of the year, if not the best movie of the year so far. Wow. I would say it is the best movie of the year so far. Jeez. Uh, I kind of blew my load last time with The Book of Henry, but uh, <laughs> mm. The Big Sick came Oh, that's right. I forgot about your <laughs> Book of Henry experience. Took back the number one spot. But uh, yeah, I I think uh, uh, both Camille and Zoe are amazing. Um, I'm a huge fan of Zoe Kazan. She was in uh, Ruby Sparks, which she also wrote. Um, I'm a big fan of that movie. Uh, I wanted her to do more stuff. I've loved her in everything I've seen her in. She was in a, a rom-com with uh, Daniel Radcliffe called uh, What If. That was oh, pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah, she's great. She needs to break up with Paul Dano so that I can marry her. Um, <laughs> I will marry Paul Dano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that fuck has a fucking weirdo. <laughs> um, but yeah, the movie is really funny. Um Start to finish, like some some movies of this ilk kind of have a problem with pacing, where like all the good stuff is front loaded, or you know you have like a middle act that kind of drags, and then it gets like overly sentimental in the third act. But this was pretty consistent. Um, Kamel is a comedian in Chicago. That's where the movie takes place, right? Yep. And then yeah, so it's just he's an up and coming comic. He meets this girl Emily, played by Zoe Kazan, and. Uh, it just goes from there. Uh, it's not really a spoiler to say that she becomes ill and she is hospitalized. So that's kind of the direction that the plot goes in the second half of the movie. Mm. Um, and her parents are played by Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, who are both amazing in this movie. Yeah. Um, I love them. It's just, I think part of the reason why I love this movie so much is like, this is the kind of movie that I would want to make someday, you know, like my same sense of humor. Uh, it's emotional. Um, it's maybe a little long, I would say. Like, it, Apatow-produced comedies always kind of run a little long. So this is... It's two hours. Yeah, I didn't really feel it, though. No, I wouldn't... I, they, it could have maybe been 10 to 15 minutes shorter, but I never yeah. really felt like it was it was dragging at any point. Because like I said, the pacing was really good. But 
I don't know. It's just all these movies, like two hours, ten minutes, two and a half hours. Like, doesn't need to be that long. But right, this was pretty lean for two hours. Like, it could have. I can't point to anything in particular that they could have really cut. But yeah, uh, what I really appreciate about the movie was it kind of focuses on like the immigrant experience, which you don't get a lot in this kind of movie. So mm. Kumail is Pakistani, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah um, so. And, you know, he comes from... <laughs> it's a good uh, guess, Tom. <laughs> I was going to ask, actually. I, I wasn't sure. Uh, and it comes from a culture of arranged marriage. So there's that conflict of, you know, his parents are constantly setting up these dates for him so he can try and marry these, these nice Pakistani women. Um, and they would basically disown him if they found out he's dating a white girl. So there's that conflict. And... I don't know. It's just really rich, really funny. A um, lot of big laughs. This is probably the funniest movie of the year, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, the the whole cultural experience of watching him deal with his family and dating a white woman, um, it hasn't really been done in a movie before. And I also appreciated all the relationships in the movie. Like, they spend enough time on each of them where, like, Kumail will spend time with her parents quite a bit and they flesh out a relationship the main relationship he has friends that they have you know um chemistry with and everything so uh, i did appreciate how everything was fleshed out yeah as far as like the side characters the only one i wasn't a huge fan of was bo burnham's which one was that the roommate no, that's that's Kurt Brannell. i like uh, him yeah he, he was, was funny. funny no uh the other one so it's ad bryant's and Bo Burnham is like the, the the three amigos, the ones who moved to to New York. Oh, okay, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just think it was. I think it was very funny. He was like the jokes didn't really land. Yeah, he was kind of like the comedic douchebag of the group. Yeah, he was just a dick, and I don't know. I didn't think he was that great. I also just don't like Bo Burnham that much. Isn't he the YouTube guy? He's. I mean, he got start on YouTube doing like. I have no songs. idea. I think that's him. Anyway, I wasn't a huge fan of his, but all the other performances in the movie were spot on. Yeah. Holly Hunter was, was awesome. Yeah, she, she was really good. Her. And she had a, a really good mm-hmm. moment with uh, Kumail at one point. Mm-hmm. And he and Ray Romano had a really good moment. Because like you said, they flesh out the relationship between yeah. Emily's parents. So there's some stuff that comes out of that that I thought was pretty good and some good moments of humor. Um, and I will say there was a moment in our screening where... We had a guy God. who was <laughs> oh, yeah, here we laughing go. hysterically at everything. The film. And he was also, oh, yeah. there's a lot of like, uh, touching you know, small moments. touching moments in this movie. So every time you go, aww, uh, every time. He did it at least a dozen times. He would exaggerate awkward. a few of them as well. And it's like, dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it just, that kind of stuff always kind of takes me out of the movie. So yeah. Um, and then there was one joke in particular. God, he that lost his shit. It was really yeah. funny, but he laughed like a minute. So yeah. there were probably jokes that I missed after <laughs> that because I was distracted by his laughing. It was probably one of the like funniest jokes in the movie, and the timing of it was perfect. Mm-hmm. But the guy laughing hysterically almost made it a little less funny. Man, I feel like screeners are just like... You don't know who you're going to get. Because <laughs> people commit to those. So it's like either they're just like 
big moviegoers or they're like that one guy when we were in line for Baby Driver and he was just like, Baby Driver! <laughs> came by himself. He sat like right next to us too. I know. He was quiet during the movie, which was, I feel like, lucky because he just I randomly yeah. yelled I Baby worried. Driver four times. <laughs> yeah. You would think there'd be a little bit more etiquette at screeners than just like a regular showing of a movie, but... But no, it's worse. It's like, <laughs> like any fucking... Because it's free. People yeah. are like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> no previews. It's my theater. <laughs> down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, Kumail is clearly like a very talented guy, so I'm yeah. really excited to see what he does after this, um, you know, whether as an actor or as a writer, um, yeah, huge fan, favorite movie of the year so far. Yeah, and also one more thing, uh, I thought the ending was perfect, and it was a callback to something earlier in the movie, mm. that's all I'll say, but. Yeah, I, it, the movie kept kind of toying with your expectations like you kept expecting it to do one thing and then it would get really sad and then you know it, it i wouldn't say that it ended the way i expected to i mean i it, it kind of does but it getting to that point was i, I wasn't sure if it was going to get to where i thought it was going to go because it took some little detours yeah it, it did some things that i didn't expect which i thought was really interesting um to speak vaguely without spoiling anything <laughs> yeah um yeah, great movie. Wow. Any other I'm thoughts? Excited. I would on say that? you can't go wrong by going to see it. Yeah. Absolutely, go see this. It comes out. It's playing in select theaters now, but uh, it's not playing in Seattle yet. So I don't know if it's going to open the weekend of the seventh, but it opens everywhere the weekend of the fourteenth if it's not playing in Seattle. So check it out. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, I'll um, definitely catch that one. It's in theaters. Yeah, Sarah will like that one a lot. I know. I can already tell she's going to be like recommending this to everyone. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that is going to do it for the big sick. Uh, let's move on to the big Do we want to star rate this one? Oh, yeah, we should. I almost forgot. Well, oh, let me guess. Five banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's five for me. This was actually the easiest movie to give a five to, like, just walking out of the theater. Really? I knew yeah. immediately mm-hmm. five stars. There weren't any, like, detriments or glaring things that you just had to think about. It no, just <laughs> right no, away. I really had no, I had no issues with the movie. No looking yeah. back, just five stars. <laughs> Cool. Although I would say I had no reservations about giving John Wick to a five. five stars. Speaking of, uh, I bought John Wick one and two on Blu-ray. Oh, delivered snap. today. Yeah, what? So I might, I might go home and watch uh, Chapter Two again. Oh man, I was looking for that because somebody told me that they watched it on Amazon, but I didn't see it on Amazon. They probably rented it. It is on Amazon rental. Really? Damn it! I think it is. I was totally gonna watch that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So if you want to borrow it. Watch The Raid 2 instead. Yeah, you do need that. Sorry, It's been, what, like four months? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm working my way up to it. <laughs> it's an um, intimidating length. It is, That's but true. it's it's so rewarding. If I yeah. had to. I mean, The Raid 1 was extremely Just rewarding. wait. Just wait. It's going to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> so yeah, five stars from both of us. Cool. Uh, next big release of the week, Baby Driver. Uh, we have another clip. Let's listen. The target is an armored truck at Perimeter Trust in Dunwoody, 10 a.m. sharp. We have the details of the route because someone at the depot has a nasal problem. The bank itself is right near the Buford Highway, so we should be able to hit the ramp within 60 seconds of getting out. We also have a diversion crew. They're going to blow up a bread truck a ways away, keep the fuzz busy. The dress code is the Michael Myers Halloween mask, but don't all buy your mask at the same time. It looks suspicious. The switch car is ready, but you want me to hit the long state parking structure at Hartsfield-Jackson to get a heist vehicle that stays colder longer, boost a commuter car, family car, something that blends in well with morning traffic. Something on the heavy side, in case we need to ram the cops off the road, to Escalade, Yukon, Avalanche, whatever. 
It needs to be ready for an 8.30 start in the a.m. Questions? All right. Baby Driver is the latest film from Edgar Wright. Baby Driver. Is... <laughs> Love that guy. <clears throat> latest film from Edgar Wright, who is responsible for the Carol... Jesus. <laughs> the Cunt Neto Trilogy. Mm. Cornetto Trilogy. Uh, he did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Is that it? I think so. Yeah, I think that's it. So the last one he did was The World's End, which is 2012, I think. So this is his return. Uh, plot synopsis reads, After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. Stars... <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> where was i stars uh uh ansel ansel is it like hansel or is it ansel what is it ansel ansel ansel, ansel elgort john bernthal john ham uh jamie fox kevin spacey it's got a good cast great cast oh how'd you guys like baby driver loved it another great movie another cream yeah liked it a lot I don't think I would go as far as love. Yeah, I wouldn't say I love it either. I would say it's it's nothing new as far as the plot goes, but it was still very refreshing, and it's definitely like the most entertaining movie I've seen mm-hmm. from start to finish. I was never bored. Yeah, I wasn't bored either, but uh, I don't know. I think for me, some of the one of the biggest things that keeps me from loving it is just that I felt like there was so much opportunity there that just didn't quite, wasn't quite taken advantage of. Like the soundtrack, for example. Some of them, some of the tracks are really awesome, but a lot of it is like stuff that the crowd's not super familiar with. A lot of older songs. Yeah. Which is part of the, you know, part of the shtick, part of the vibe, part of the character. Um, well, he made this movie for himself. <laughs> what? What? Edgar Wright. He made this movie yeah. for himself. Yeah. <laughs> well... I don't know. It's just like a kind of lost opportunity to play some stuff that people are really going to like, you know, going to get their blood boiling while somebody's driving a car around or something. I would for me, it was less like the music itself, because like you said, there are some really good tracks that like fit the scene perfectly. Mm -hmm. But some of the songs, it's not that I didn't like the songs. I just felt like he put it in there because he wanted the song there, but it didn't necessarily mesh yeah. with the scene. I can't think of any specifics. Well, and the whole idea of the soundtrack kind of rips off the idea of Guardians of the Galaxy, in a sense. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we're like... Like, the soundtrack is like a part of the part movie. part of the movie, yeah. But I thought it was cool yeah. in this. Like, you had yeah. the different iPods that all had... Yeah, that was funny. Different was collections funny. of music on them. Like, you had the pink. Did it have, like, rhinestones on it or that something? That was hilarious. Yeah. That was pretty The good. beginning was awesome. The opening scene. The opening chase yeah. with the bell-bottom song. That was, <laughs> but like... But there was more to it. Like, he was uh, doing things, like, on the beat with the song. And, the, and they tried to bring that back in a couple of times where he has to, like, restart the song before they go to... Pull their heist or something. Yeah, I did like that. Was really that funny. was pretty funny because uh, I can I can actually relate to that. Like at the gym, sometimes you want like the perfect <laughs> part of your song to play. Oh, start over, start over. Yeah, three, two, go. Uh, uh, yeah, but I don't know. I just felt like they kind of they left it a little bit at some point in the movie where the music became sort of secondary when it's supposed to be this driving theme throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I would agree, especially the middle portion of the movie. I feel like there's some pacing issues. Like, it comes out of the gate 
really strong mm-hmm. with like two really awesome like action sequences and then there's kind of a lull in the middle where there's not much happening it's more focusing on building baby's relationship with uh, the waitress mm-hmm. um and no I, lulls I, <clears throat> no I lulls. Did, no super no. super lull <laughs> i didn't Zero. i did enjoy <laughs> it was a lull i enjoyed that stuff like it, it kept me entertained but it was a definite my energy levels went down during that sequence. Right. And I feel like it wasn't as stylized as some of the earlier stuff. You know? Are you saying lol or lols? Like, like LOL? LOL. Like, was it L-U-L-Z? You guys were laughing to it was lols? I don't know. I can't do use very well. Lol. No, I'm just fucking. Um. I thought that Kevin Spacey was the best part of the movie. He definitely had the best line. He, don't, oh, don't spoil yes. it, but oh he definitely God. had the best line. That line killed. I was trying to think of what I thought was so funny, and now I remember. Thank you. But I, I, I do think we should have a small spoiler discussion at the end, because there <laughs> is something related to his character that I didn't, I didn't like, kind mm. of where his character arc went. It just kind of it didn't fit. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Like of one that. of the last times you see him, yes. type thing. Okay, yes. yeah, I could see that. So we we can talk about that, but um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're, me and Tom are being kind of negative so far. I did really like the movie. <laughs> it's so a lot I, of fun. I liked the romance. I thought that that was it was charming. You know, it was, cute. It was like this young love thing. Uh, I really liked how everything played into his name being Baby. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it, it worked right. And how many songs have this the yeah. name Baby in them? And yeah. But what did you love so much about it, Travis? Well, like I said, it was very entertaining. And I don't know if this is cliche for a white guy like myself to say, but I feel like this movie was made for me. <laughs> I think 99% of movies are made for you. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know, I, I love car movies, and I appreciated that they focused on practical effects. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, I thought the whole gang was, they just worked well with each other. Like, John Hamm was really funny in it. Yeah, he uh, was. Jamie Foxx was funny. Um, they had a lot of clever moments. Like, I just really enjoy Edgar Wright's movies because he takes something that's familiar, but then makes it his own. And it's, it's like a satire, but in a serious way. Mm-hmm. But then it's also a comedy. So he just plays that really well. Mm-hmm. I did want a little bit more comedy in this movie. Like, it's still a very stylized movie, but it's definitely his least funny movie. Yeah, I'd have to go it back and watch just, his yeah. other movies because I haven't seen him in a while. But this one is very entertaining. There were plenty of opportunities for humor, I think, that he didn't necessarily capitalize on. But there's also lots of sweet moments. Like, I really liked his relationship <laughs> with, uh, I don't know who it was, but the, the old man who lives with him. It's like oh, right. father or something. Yeah. Right. That, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of annoying at first because he was, uh, is he deaf? I mean, or, or mute or whatever. Like, they communicate with sign language. Yeah. Which... I, I seemed kind of out of place at first. I was like, what? This just seems like him trying to put something in here to stylize it. But I did end up liking where it went. And there were some really heartfelt moments with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Foxx, you guys mentioned that he was funny, but I also thought he was like legitimately like intimidating. Like, he's oh, a too. scary yeah. dude. Like there are some moments toward the end of the movie where I was like, you know. It was good to uh, see him in something. It's been a while. I was worried it was going to be... Um, uh, he he was in he played a horrible similar, bosses uh, Jamie Fox. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking that it might just be like over the top kind of stupid 
comedic yeah. character, but he was like legitimately scary. Yeah. Which I did like a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have too much more to say about it until we get into spoilers, but, um, performances all around were really good. I like Ansel Ansel. I think he was, you know, he doesn't have a ton of lines in the movie. Yeah. And I like that kid. I don't yeah. think he, like, had a bad performance. It's just his character was, you know, soft spoken, didn't say a lot. And then when he did speak, he had this kind of, like, Texas drawl or something where he didn't really open his mouth very much. Yeah. So, kind of like Elvis and what? A little bit like Elvis <laughs> or 50 Cent. Uh, <laughs> well, he, um,. Uh, he kind of reminds me of like a young Ryan Gosling, but even more of a pretty boy. Like, you know, it's kind of quiet, very charming. Well, and this he movie's smile. plot is very familiar to Drive, in a way. I don't know. Because there's cars? Like, what no, you like he's in like a crime world Syndicate. or whatever, and he's trying to get out. Like, that's the plot of Drive. Yeah, yeah. I and guess. he finds his woman and... No, he's not trying to get out. In drive, he's trying to save. Yeah, it's more of like but he hero. wants. No, but I he get wants why to you're... get away with her. Like... Yeah, no, I get why you're drawing the comparison there. But it, drive, I mean, it's in the title of both <laughs> movies. <laughs> and well, no, and his character just plays like Ryan Gosling's character. Yeah, yeah doesn't speak much. Yeah, he's just a more innocent version. And he also has that moment early on where he's talking to the love interest in the movie, and he was like, "This is the most I've talked to anyone at one time." I've, or I, like I spent more time talking to you today than I have to anyone in the past year or something yeah, like that. Yeah, um, yeah, lots, lots of cool little character <clears throat> moments. Um, the action sequences are really good. Like, yeah, there's a multiple like heist scenes, and they're all really well done. Really heist intense. movies and car movies just um, get you um, off. Yeah, Motor <laughs> City, baby. Hell yeah, I did. I appreciate how they uh, had a chase scene on foot too in this. Oh yeah. I, I know I was thinking about that, too. I was like, hmm, they're on foot. This movie's about cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting move. But it worked. Anything else you guys wanted to mention before we do a brief uh, spoiler discussion? Nah. No. Okay, so spoilers are starting now. Check the show notes if you haven't seen the movie and skip ahead to the next review. Uh, let's Let's start with kevin spacey's character yeah so the whole movie he is he treats baby well but he he also kind of has some menace to him where he's like you're not gonna get out of this i could have you killed so he's like you think he's a huge dick the whole time and then baby ends up kind of betraying them and screwing over the whole heist but then he ends up like giving his life to save baby and his girlfriend for no real good reason i thought like i feel like the character motivation wasn't there. Like, they didn't earn that. It felt really out of place for his character to all of a sudden want to try and save Baby, and he goes down and hail of bullets. Like, yeah, agreed. I did I not that like so that weird. Moment. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me at all. So I feel like that could have been handled better, but um, yeah, that was fair. the main negative I had with the movie. And then some plot issues. Like I said, I feel like the middle act dragged a little bit for me. Drag isn't the right word. It was definitely my least favorite part of the movie. It wasn't consistent all the way through. Yeah. So that's mm. what I would say about that. But mm. um, yeah, I think one like uh, as far as Kevin Spacey's character goes, one of the best parts of it for me was that he was the sinister character, but he has this silly, like old timey way of speaking. Uh, he's really, you know, charming, and uh, I don't know, kind of. Uh, 
you know, friendly, familiar. He just seems like somebody you could trust, but you know that you can't. So when they kind of threw that out the window at the end and then just made him total good guy, it, it was... It's like Albert Brooks in Drive. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Just like him. It was a good performance, but it definitely was nothing outside of his wheelhouse. Like, he was, yeah. for the most part, he was just being Kevin Spacey, you know? Like, just being Frank Underwood. <laughs> Which, I, that's kind of what he does nowadays. Like, yeah. He doesn't really do very many interesting roles. Not that I've seen it anyway. In a while. Call of Duty. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> He's a horrible boss. And then the other uh, kind of negative that I had with the movie was um, slipping away from me and now I can't remember. Shit! You were just so entertained by it that... <laughs> were there other spoilers that you wanted to talk about? There was one other, and now I can't remember what it was. Mm. Oh, uh, the fact that he gets out of prison after five years on parole. Oh, yeah. Like, committed multiple high-stakes Oh, heists, yeah. That was... multiple, he killed multiple people, mm. and then there's just a bunch of testimony that says he's a good guy, and he just, like, caught up, got caught up in it. Oh, cool. 20-year sentence, five years that out was, parole. It like, was silly, I mean, how that was portrayed, but it's almost like one of those movies that's, that's set in reality, but there's some fantasy to it, in a sense, still. Yeah, uh, I guess. Because the way it's shot, too, it's like almost like a fantasy in his head. Because it's like black and white, and he's like dressed up like John Travolta from Greece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah. the prison, shining shoes. Maybe it was all in his mind. Maybe. He's yeah. just in his prison cell. Um, <laughs> what did you guys think of John Ham's character and Loved how that him. all plays out? Well, he it makes seems good. I don't it know. makes sense why he would do that. I mean, I don't know to that sort length, of. but. <laughs> It sort of did, but they went to so much, through so much effort with uh, Jamie Foxx's character to, like, suggest a background for John Hamm, and then he turns into, like, this raging maniac. I just like a fucking Terminator, basically. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was cool, like, the whole cat and mouse thing toward the end. That's basically what yeah. the movie turns into by the end of it, is them yeah. trying to escape and him trying to hunt them down. Uh, all the scenes in the in the the diner were really good. Like him meeting her for the first time and their relationship blossoming. The scene where they, yeah. Jamie Foxx wants to go in and Baby's like, "No, I don't want to go in there. The food sucks or whatever." Mm-hmm. And then they have that like really tense showdown where he Jamie Foxx is just gonna like kill everyone in the diner for no reason. Like, yeah, that was also like I get that he's supposed to be like a psychopath. But you can't just go around murdering people everywhere you go and not get caught. Like I get, I get it. You know he's supposed to be a psychopath. You should have just left. Your everywhere sense. they go, he's just fucking killing people for no reason. Like there's no way you could get away with that for as long as he did. You know, just little stuff like that. You though. just can't go around murdering people. It's just yeah, not right. I think, I think that maybe the the takeaway is that the movie did not really pick aside as far as whether i wanted to be a silly movie where you could really suspend your disbelief and then like just live into it where you have these you know ridiculous characters and outrageous capers and people get out of prison earlier than they should and the love <laughs> love story you know she knows him for two weeks and then she waits for him for five years all of that or if it wanted to be like real life you know people get hurt people go to jail um it tried to do both of those things and i think it kind of trips on itself trying to do that yeah i can definitely see some of the flaws in it but i think he just tried to make a really entertaining movie and he succeeded yeah yeah that's fair well 
I gave it four stars. Yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything else to say? We might as well just do star ratings. Yeah. Um, four and a half for me. Five, baby. Boom. Wow. All right. Two fives in a row. Oh, yeah. This is a good week. Or two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it was a good a good period. Starting to heat up. Heat nope. All right. Moving on. Yep. Next review. We've got yeah, last <laughs> night. Yes. <laughs> Uh, no, next one we're going to be discussing is The Beguiled, new film from Sofia Coppola. Uh, we have a clip. Let's take a listen. Well, in all my travels, I've never come across such a delicate beauty as yours. Tell me something, will you? Miss Morrow. It's okay. If you could have anything. What's your biggest wish? If you could have anything in the world, what would it be? Anything. Yeah, anything. To be taken far away from me. Okay, The Beguiled is the latest film from director Sofia Coppola, who is known for Lost in Translation, Virgin Suicides, Marie Antoinette, uh, Bling Ring, I think that's it. Doesn't matter. This one's number six. So I think somewhere. I Did you say one. somewhere? Oh, somewhere. That movie sucks. Have we seen somewhere? No. Sucks. But Alec Baldwin loves it. Alec Baldwin sucks. I wouldn't say it that's sucks, but it wasn't amazing. It's fucking boring, dude. Anyway, that's, that's the point, Matt. It's, the point. it's supposed to be a shit. Yeah. Was the beguiled boring? Uh, no. No. No? So, uh, let me read the plot synopsis real quick. So, at a girls' school in Virginia during the Civil War, where the young women have been sheltered from the outside world, a wounded Union soldier is taken in. Soon, the house is taken over with sexual tension, rivalries, and an unexpected turn of events. Uh, We should say again that only Travis and I saw this. We caught a screener this past week, so Tom... uh, Just ask some pointed questions because you're also interested in seeing this, right? Yes, you're on the outside looking in, like the others, Uh, like the Nicole Kidman, the others, (laughs) Civil War era. Or are you comparing it to Baby Driver and the Big Sick? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not super similar, but yes, that is a great movie. Underrated. Okay, so Travis, what do you think of this one? I liked it quite a bit. it moves at a very good pace. I thought it could have been a little bit longer, though, to flesh out some of the relationships in it. It's not often that we say that on this podcast. But it's true. It could have been maybe like 10, 15 minutes longer. Right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How long uh, is it? Only 90 minutes. Oh, geez. I thought it was uh, beautifully shot. It was shot on film. Yeah, she directs the shit out of this movie. Who are the other yeah. uh, actresses? So we've got Nicole Kidman, uh, Kirsten Dunst, and Elle Fanning. They're kind yeah. of the main three. And then Colin Farrell is the wounded Union, sol- union soldier mm-hmm. that they bring in. Um, the other actresses are younger. Uh, I don't recognize any of the names. Una Lawrence. She was the, the, the one. She plays Amy. She's the one who kind of finds him in the woods. Is this movie told mainly through his perspective? No. Yeah. Uh, I would say it goes back and forth. Okay. Yeah, kind of switches perspectives. Well, I was just listening to uh, a podcast with Alec Baldwin interviewing Sofia Coppola. That's why. I'm oh, really? <laughs> it's definitely not his um, story. I yeah, feel like I think the book was told through his perspective, or something. which would make sense. And I have it. 
I haven't seen the Clint, Clint Eastwood version, but given that it's Clint Eastwood, I'm sure it's told from his perspective. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is, it's much more focused on the women and you okay. have a lot of scenes. But Colin Farrell's not even in because mm-hmm. you just like, like the plot synopsis said, there's a lot of sexual tension mm-hmm. between the women. They're all kind of don't know what to think of him, but he's also the only man they've had in the house in a long time. And um, it's got a interesting sense of humor like there are lots of moments kind of sprinkled throughout they're just kind of like dry kind of awkward humor um just weird interactions mm. between the the girls and him um kind of uh capitalizing on the lack of social interaction yeah element. definitely they, they play that up um and the sexual tension oh so sexual so tense <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I like this movie quite a bit. Um, like Travis said, I think it's paced really well. It's not like edge of your seat, like you're super enthralled through the whole thing, but it's yeah. always interesting. What's the threat here? I feel like there's a threat to this movie, Sex. but I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. His penis. <laughs> so, so naturally aggressive. It's all an allegory for abstinence. Um, like, are we worried that someone's going to get just... <laughs> their throat slit or what well uh i don't want to get into any spoilers but let's just say colin farrell's not as nice of a guy as he you think he is God. as the movie goes on. but violence is like around the corner is that's the feeling there's definitely violence in this movie yeah for sure um it doesn't show a lot of it's kind of like the little red riding hood in a sense <laughs> the children's story yeah <laughs> <laughs> How he, he starts to show his true colors yeah, inside the house. Yeah. And they don't really know what to do, how to, you know, how to handle him. Oh, um, the yeah. band has to unite. Basically, like, it, at, at the very beginning, they kind of treat him as an enemy. And they only want him to stay until he's recovered. They don't know if they're going to turn him in or not. And, you know, as they get to know him, everyone kind of starts to... Are, in, are they in the South? Yes. Oh, and he's a Union soldier. Yes, correct. Virginia. Yes, you mentioned that. Yeah. So they, you know, they many times consider like turning him in. And there's there's even a sequence where um, some troops walk by with some Union soldiers who they are held held captive. Um, And you know, they're you know, are they going to turn him in? Are they not? So there's there's that dynamic that's very interesting. Um, As far as the performances go, I feel like Nicole Kidman is definitely the best. Um, She's up there, but I think Colin Farrell. Yeah, was, was my favorite, and I think he was very well cast. Like, just that he uses his original accent, like, just adds to his sexualness. <laughs> yeah, okay. he's also he's also very charming. But yeah, you know, toward I think the I was, end when that's the word I was going for. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it definitely works. He's he's really good in the movie. But Nicole Kidman was my favorite because she's very you know prim and proper and she's kind of she's basically the matriarch of the household she's the I one mean, who runs the school ever since i or as since i've seen big little lies she's basically my favorite actress she is wonderful <laughs> uh kirsten dunst is fine she doesn't have much range as an actress i feel like she she was fine for the part it seems like a weird casting decision well, I mean, her and Sofia Coppola go oh. way back. So oh, she yeah. was in the version Suicide. She was the main character in that. She is Marie Antoinette in Marie Antoinette. All right. So they they have a, a relationship together. Okay. I feel like it could she could have been cast 
better. It could have been someone else. What about Elle Fanning? Because she's kind of like an up and coming star these days. Uh, she was fine. Travis was probably creaming over her, but I, didn't I love think her. She was anything special? She was, yeah, she was good. I mean, she wasn't the best performance, but there's nothing bad about it. She yeah. was fine. She, I just find her kind of boring. I don't know. She's not very expressive. She was fine. I don't know. Okay. Um, I do like how all the girls kind of uh, portray their age. Well, you know, like collectively, like uh, Elle Fanning's character, she's like in her teens and she like really wants to get with Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. The other younger girl, like, she's starting to like, you know, blossom sexually. Yes, yes. The <laughs> other girls think he's cute, but they're more like giggly girls, like, you know, yeah. they give him little gifts and stuff, whereas she is more like she's the one very sexual. curious. Giving him bedroom eyes from across the, uh, <laughs> yes. across the, uh, absolutely. from the piano while he's sitting by the fireplace. Yeah, absolutely. And then it kind of, I've, uh, oh, I'm going to use that. <laughs> bedroom oh, eyes? She's giving me the bedroom eyes again. <laughs> Have you never heard that before? No, I've never heard that term before. <laughs> Somebody told me that uh, Russell Wilson has bedroom eyes. They're always half-closed. <laughs> like slightly drunk bedroom eyes, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Glazed over. Yeah. Uh, the last shot in this movie was amazing. That was <clears throat> definitely the high point for me. Like, I loved that. Yeah, that was cool. I'm excited to see this because I haven't seen anything else by Sofia Coppola uh, except for... Lost in Translation, but I love Lost in Translation. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's great. You should also see this with Sarah. Yeah. I think she would she would appreciate it. Yeah, I want to catch it before it comes out. It was good. Nothing amazing. Um, I would definitely recommend it, but I don't... Yeah, I thought it was very solid, but it's not going to be one of the best of the year. Mm-hmm. Not for us, anyway. Okay. But um, I'm always... I mean... I don't really love any of Sofia Coppola's movies. My favorite's probably Lost in Translation, but other than that, like I feel like she's slightly overrated. Mm. I would agree. I've or just, I just don't connect with her movies as much as other people do. I just find her kind of boring. She gets free pass because of her dad. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus points. Uh, so star ratings. Four stars for me. I gave it a four as well. Cool. Very solid. Maybe I will wait. It's definitely worth checking out. And especially because I feel like the strongest aspect of the movie are the visuals. Mm-hmm. So it pays to see it in a theater, I would say. Yeah, that's true. The costuming stuff. Yeah. Oh, I did want to say that uh, at the start of the movie, I was a little confused by, like, there's cannons going off in the background of the movie. But at the first, like, five or ten minutes of the movie, I was confused by it. Like, what is that weird rumbling <laughs> sound? Like, what's going on next door? And I'm like... Oh, this is on purpose. <laughs> I thought the sound mix was just terrible or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're sound mixing. Couldn't even tell what it was. Somebody's knocking on the door. Cool. Well, let's move on to our next review. We're going to be talking about Okja, new Okja! Netflix original movie. Let's listen to another clip. Twenty-six farmers from lands far away were each given a magical super piglet. This year, I met these wonderful people to decide which super piglet would have the honor of being invited to this prestigious occasion. Are you ready to meet the winner of this contest?
Okay, Okja is the new film from Bong Joon-ho, who is the director of The Host, Korean monster movie, and Snowpiercer. Mm. Plot synopsis reads, Meet Misha, a young girl who risks everything to prevent a powerful multinational company from kidnapping her best friend, a massive animal named Okja. Uh, This is a Netflix original film. Uh, I believe it premiered at Cannes this year. Um, and just went up on Netflix. The movie stars Tilda Swinton, Paul Dano, Jake Gyllenhaal, and then Misha is played by... Fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. I hated him so much in this movie. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, she's cool. played by... I'm not going to try and pronounce her name. Forget it. The girl? She was great, though. I did like her a lot. Yeah, I liked her. Uh, do you guys want to start with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. yeah. She was what? fucking awful. What was that? <laughs> what was that? Oh, my God. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. Why? Why? What the that was got weird. worse as the movie went on, it did. too. Like when, he first, like, when they first show him, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, he's uh-huh. like this is going to be interesting because he's, like, goofy and has a stupid mustache. Uh-huh. And then when he first gets... I guess we shouldn't talk... Spoilers, really, but he goes up to the mountain to meet Okja, and I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. I don't really like this. And then from there, it just got worse and worse, and he was overacting so hard. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Truly awful. It was probably his worst performance. Absolutely. He was not good at playing a drunk person, either. Oh, that was pretty bad, too. Okay, well... Now that we got that out of the way, I just you think Bong Joon Ho just can't direct American actors, or no? Tilda Swinton Jake was Hall was just she was good. I mean, I liked I liked her a lot. Yeah, yeah. She was playing. I mean, she she's great in everything she does, but she was just playing Tilda Swinton. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I thought Paul Dano was decent too. Yeah, he was all right. I think I but, definitely do think he has a style of directing. Like Snowpiercer was kind of the same way. Like the performances are a little over the top, but yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, Tilda Swinton's performance in that is is awesome. Yeah, it is. But I really like this movie. I have some issues with it. I don't <laughs> think it's perfect by any means, and like it's kind of tonally, it's mm-hmm. kind of all over the place. But I think most yeah. of the time it worked as far as like the. The weird, like, Spielbergian adventure fantasy aspects clashing with, like, the super dark, like, uh, you know, animal exploitation. Yeah. Like, um, I, it, this movie goes some places. Like, by the end it of it. Definitely, yeah. Makes I was, it gives you the feels. Well, it's, sure. it's, definitely. Themes are pretty heavy-handed as well, which wasn't really an issue, but, I mean... It's not really hard to figure out what he's trying to say. No, but I do <laughs> like that it, it went where it needed to go without being too specific. Yeah. Like, I feel like it needed to go there to really hammer home the point that he was trying to get across. Yeah. Totally. Totally. It wouldn't it, it it wouldn't have had any impact if he had not gone there. Yeah. Totally. Um uh, I felt like so I liked it and I wanted to kind of rewatch it, but it I didn't love it by any means. I didn't like it as much as I liked to say Baby Driver. Um even though it has like its own kind of quirky style to it like like baby driver has or you know lots of the movies we watch but um that i just had like three or four problems with it that bugged me so much that it really took away from the rest of it mainly uh jake mainly jake Gyllenhaal. yeah but um some of the tonal things that you mentioned a little bit of lack of consistency um i thought that the performances weren't bad but like some of the characters were just a little bit uninspired or not pulled off right like paul dano's whole group they were fun because they were this motley crew of like bizarre characters but 
the part where well, I don't want to spoil it, but that uh, Paul Dano gets upset with one of his one of his crew members, and it just takes a turn, and it, it was very strange to me. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I the agree. high point of this movie is definitely the the main relationship between Okja and the little oh, yeah. girl. This movie kind of reminds me of Swiss Army Man, and not just because Paul Dano's in it, but because the, of the farts, <laughs> the farts, and the quirky, the quirky uh, friendship, and just I guess the whole quirky uh, aesthetic yeah. to it. Well, I and mean, there's there's fantastical elements yes. in this movie too. Yes. Like that was kind of my favorite stuff, like the uh, the action sequences, mm-hmm. like because I feel like. I was more nervous because she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Like when she's hanging on the back of that trailer, yeah, that she was intense. Hit by the car, like, yeah, I was like, Fuck! and that <laughs> scene on the ledge with the rope was very oh intense. God. Yeah, that was so tense. That yeah. stuff was really good, yeah. and obviously, like that's that's fantastical. Like she's a little girl, and she wouldn't be able to do all that stuff. But I, I liked, I liked that. Um, it was, but I was the super pig it. was believable. One hundred percent on board, super pig. But the little girl. Hmm. Yeah, so we should set the stage probably for this scenario, I guess, which is that apparently there's a food shortage. That was another kind of problem I had with the movie that you don't really see that. There's no indication throughout the movie that people are having a hard time getting food. Well, I think... Yeah, it's just said. They don't really show, like, humanity suffering. Well, no, that's... I mean, because there there is a food shortage. shortage. It's like how there's a water shortage, but it's not going to reach, like, critical mass for another, like, 20, 30 years. There is a food shortage. So they're just preparing... It's just... Right, right. Because they know we can't keep doing what we're doing. It's not sustainable, (laughs) both for the planet and just the sheer amount of mouths there are to feed and how many hungry people there are. So it wasn't... I mean... This starts in 2007. The movie opens in 2007 and they unveil this super pig. And basically the plot of the movie is that they give these piglets to farmers all over the world. And they basically have a competition to who can raise like the biggest super pig. And then that's where Okja comes in because she was given to a Korean farmer, lives up in the mountains um, and has this relationship with this young girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did really like... When she first finds out that Oak has gone, and she just like starts running off after him and mm-hmm. goes to Seoul and just like Wait, marches isn't right up to girl? the tower. Yeah, Oak is a girl. Didn't you just say him? Did I? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Oak is a girl. Um, she just like marches right up to their like building and is like mm. knocking on the door. Like I thought that was funny. That was a good scene. Um, yeah, it's <clears throat> very funny. It's very heartfelt. It gets pretty dark and hard to watch at times toward mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. This guy, Bong Joon-ho, like, he has a knack for making very original, very interesting, if ultimately flawed movies. A lot of, a lot of social commentary. Agreed. Yeah. I did really like the ending as well. I thought yes. they, he tied it up very nicely. Yeah. It, that was, uh, mm, it, it leaves you feeling two things, right? It's kind of, it's not an ambiguous ending. It's very clear cut, but it's not purely happy or purely sad yeah right. yeah so that was good how did you guys feel about okja the look um, of it or just i well generally speaking because i the like creature? yes i yes. immediately loved okja oh me too so i was like like I, I watched this movie with my friend paris and like 20 minutes in i was like if anything bad happens to this pig i'm gonna lose my fucking <laughs> mind <laughs> and then you know ultimately some bad things do happen to the pig so mm-hmm. i tear up a little bit mm-hmm. um 
But I thought the animation was pretty good, like the CG. Yeah. Like you can tell it's CG. But I don't know what the budget is, but it, yeah, there wasn't a point where it ever took me out of the movie where it looked super fake or anything. Oh, especially, good. Yeah, yeah, especially like the sequences in the water where Oak just jumping into the water and swimming, like mm-hmm. it all looked really good. Yeah. Um, I bet even when they were like in the mall and it's just a train wreck, a bull in a china shop, yeah, uh, that looked great. And I feel like the the eerily human eyes really helped you sympathize with Okja, you know, because mm-hmm. clearly a very intelligent animal has a very strong bond with this girl, <clears throat> which really really sold like the emotional impact of the movie. Yeah, I think that they kind of. <clears throat> I, I don't know if this was hinted at or if it was just my interpretation or what, but. You know it's a super pig, but there haven't been any super pigs yet. So, like, it understands the girl really well. Like, when she just says something, like, just a normal, complete sentence, and the the pig responds in the correct way. You're not sure if it's just, like, they have this special bond, or if it's just this one pig, or if all the super pigs are a little bit smarter than normal pigs, and that was just sort of a byproduct of their their mutation, Mm -hmm. basically. So I think that adds to it for sure. Like it, it's super smart. It's like a dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was a big fan. Um, What else do I have here? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's basically it. I mean, I guess we could get into spoilers, but I don't think it's really necessary because we would just talk about how dark it gets. But I do think those those sequences were handled really well. Like I'll say, there is a mating scene. That made me cringe pretty hard and was difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Those moments, there aren't a ton of them, but they work. Like mm-hmm. they needed to be there to really hammer home the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they were hand. They, it wasn't exploitative. I thought they sh- did just enough to get the point across and not shy away from it. But you also di- didn't have to watch like you know. Torture. It wasn't like a, it point. wasn't like the rape yeah. scene from Irreversible. You know, like they don't make you show every second of it. What's How awful would that be? Irreversible. It's there's uh, like an eight minute rape scene in the middle of the movie. Fourteen minute rape. Oh, scene. okay. And it, on no cuts. Yeah, the camera just sits there. Yeah, so we don't have to see. Uh, it God. doesn't go that far, but there's there's like a pump counter on the the left hand side of the screen. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the DVD extras. <laughs> Real bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds pretty rough. That was my one rape joke for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you get <laughs> Okay. Uh, man, it's fucking hot in here, but if we open the window, we're going to hear all the cars driving by them. Yeah, I'm steaming. All right. Luckily, I have my lemonade-flavored coconut water here. Let's just take all our clothes off, guys. In your Bud Light. <laughs> Second half of the show. Okay, star ratings? Four and a half out of five for me. Whoa. Big time. I give it three and a half. I'm right in the middle of you guys. Four. I feel like we're consistently like, you know, yeah. 0.5 apart a lot of the time. Who likes it the most? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to like movies less lately because I've been giving so many high star ratings. Don't do that. It's a conscious A little effort. bit more critical. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be a real dick. You're going to look at your list of the end of the year. You're going to be like, I didn't like fucking... Uh, I don't know. Guardians more than Oakja. Yeah. Is this podcast there. making you become jaded? Hmm. Uh, no. Got to. You so. got to take this seriously now. I think I was a harsher <laughs> critic when I first started 
honestly. Yeah. There were some really good movies at the beginning of the year. But Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, we got another fucking review Jeez, for you guys. Louise. Another screener. Uh, Atomic Blizzard. Atomic Blizzard. Uh, we have another clip. Let's listen. So, is this your first time in Berlin? Yes. Well, it's a remarkable time to be here. Wonderful music, superb nightlife, marvelous restaurants. You must try the Central Cafe for a drink. You'll need it later. Okay, Atomic Blonde is directed by David Leach, who is the co-director of the first John Wick. Uh, the plot synopsis reads, An undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. Um, stars Charlize Theron, James McAvoy, Sophia Boutella, uh, I was pretty excited for this movie going into it. Uh, Same. I, it's it looks like a you know female version of John Wick. The trailer Definitely. made it look really stylish, yeah. really good action sequences. Sexy, it, very sexy. Uh, this movie doesn't come out for another month, so we're gonna keep it general. But it's not great. It was okay. Yeah, pretty disappointing, honestly. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Matt. That's a real bummer to hear. The definitely not as action packed as John Wick. No, like the pacing is not nearly as good as either of the John Wick movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. So there is one action sequence in particular where there's no cuts. That was cool. That was definitely the best sequence, but it doesn't even that doesn't come. It doesn't match any of the best sequences from the John Wick movies. Right. It stood out, but it, I mean, it it blew me in a way within this movie, but like. Compared to other movies, it was it was cool, but right. So did it just kind of fall flat overall, or were there like specific well like, the, uh, drawbacks? The plot was pretty nonsensical at times, and like we said, the pacing just wasn't very good. Like there was, you guys want to talk lulls? <laughs> this movie had some lulls. It got man, pretty boring. That is that what some false advertising. And, man, that movie looks like a like a blast out of a cannon you know yeah yeah the trailer is definitely shot very well to like it it highlights a lot of the good Mm -hmm. stuff and um i thought the movie felt like it was going to end like five different times did you feel the same way man yeah definitely like there was one particular moment where i was like oh movie's over yeah and then it it, like fades to black i was like all right let's get out of here and then it came come on (laughs) already because they were like like he said, there were like five endings, and each one is like a new twist on a twist. Mm-hmm. Like the movie is about like espionage mm-hmm. and double agents, but it wasn't in a clever way. Charlize Theron is like a like a quadruple agent, like without getting. It's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. It just it goes it goes all over the place. Like Travis said, it's nonsensical. It's really hard to follow too. Yeah. What makes the John Wick movies? so good is that the plot is very simple mm-hmm. but what's there is genuinely interesting this is just a bunch of spies trying to find other spies and it doesn't really make sense why they're trying to find this like list that's in a watch and yeah the movie well, that's not what i wanted out of this movie the Something movie you have to go try and get it's it also thinks it's way cooler than it is mm-hmm. like the movie opens with like a you know graffiti paint spray painting the names and like the yeah. music is very in your face and it, i did i actually did like the soundtrack so. i did like the music 
it's all like popular 80s it's like 80s pop yeah there's a depeche mode song but i feel like they just went a little too overboard with the music at the same time like i definitely enjoyed it but then at the same time i was like okay we get it yeah kind of a one-trick pony yeah yeah what was the the style like because it looked like it was going to have this kind of like black and neon blue kind of color palette to it which would be really cool yeah it does yeah. it does it does look cool yeah it's very stylized it's just most of the time nothing's really happening so yeah. it's a lot of like Charlize Theron in a, a gorgeous dress with her hair done and she's mm-hmm. like going into like a club and then nothing really happens and then talk like, to some people you're not sure somebody asks about a watch and you're like uh, yeah totally <laughs> like it just the transitioning from scene to scene it was hard to keep track of like why she was even doing certain things like there's one sequence in particular where she goes to a movie theater and i don't really oh, know right. why she was like running from people and then goes into the movie theater and it, like there was no point to that whole sequence the point was her to be chased the point was the director wanted to show off how much he loves stalker <laughs> <laughs> it's cold work Cold War spy stories are just well, the yeah. Worst. I want to say I'm not a very big fan of the spy genre. It, it's always been somewhat boring to me and like hard to follow. I just like as an example, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah, I love what the, the fuck happened in that movie. Right, I like the look <laughs> of it and like some of the characters were cool in that movie. But as far as like the plot making sense and enjoying it, mm-hmm. like besides from like a visual <laughs> level. I read the Bourne Ultimatum, uh, and you don't even... It, it makes no sense. It's completely <laughs> ridiculous. The scene uh, that you were talking about with the, the long take, when it goes into the car chase after that, that was a pretty cool car yeah, chase. that was cool. Like, there there are redeeming qualities of the movie. Yeah. Uh, the She's dude good knows the dude. Yeah, she is great. Charlie Zaren's great in this movie. That's and good to hear, at least. This guy can direct the shit out of an action sequence, which he proved with, with John Wick and with this. There's Wait, just not enough is, of it. This is the same director? Well, the first John Wick was directed by two people. Oh. This is one of them. So okay. the other guy John directed Wick. John Wick 2 by himself. Uh-huh. This guy did Tom Bond. Okay. Yeah. Well, this guy's Leech, right? Yes, David Lee. He probably didn't want to copy John Wick in any way because it already feels like he was, you know, already. But I feel like he could have made this movie like a half hour shorter and also dumbed down the plot a lot. Just do a simple plot like the first John Wick and just focus on the stuff that you're good at and it would be a way more enjoyable movie. There's also the movie does the thing where it starts at the end where you have Charlie's there and being interviewed. Oh, so no. it's all exposition. It's like her explaining why she was there mm-hmm. and basically talking through the whole movie. And you can probably catch her in her lies. It's yeah. It's just a la- it's just a lazy way to write a screenplay. Yeah. It's not interesting. It's been done a million times and it doesn't really serve the movie what about yeah um, the, the first 10 minutes of the movie, i was like oh it's one of these yeah. movies <laughs> totally, totally. uh what's his face the sidekick what's james that? mcavoy yeah james mcavoy how was he how was their whole shtick uh he, I, he his performance was fine yeah but his character, his character is was also stupid like, yeah all writing the place in this movie too. is not good <laughs> where his character goes like his motivations it just seems like he's constantly contradicting himself and mm-hmm. You never know where his allegiances lie. Even by the end of it, like I feel like you kind of get an idea of what his plot, like his motivations were. But yeah, the movie's Man. a fucking mess. Dude. We should do a, a biggest disappointments list at the end of the year because I feel like this is probably 
going to be a top 10. This and uh, Alien Covenant. Are, yeah, uh, definitely. Probably my two biggest ones so far. Yeah. That's uh, the worst feeling, too, when you're in the movie theater and you're so hyped on a movie, and mm-hmm. as you're watching, you're just like, fuck. It just, oh it just goes down, and it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, oh, man, I hope this movie redeems Especially itself. Especially it being our third screener in a row, like that week, I was like, man, I could have skipped this one. <laughs> and you had two five stars to proceed right. it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I guess I can't really recommend it. It's I wouldn't say if you go see it. Just go watch John Wick again. Yeah, dude. I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah. Fucking A, man uh not great it's still getting pretty good reviews though even after these screeners like it's still at like a 70 yeah well i mean my star rating it's, is technically a pass but at the same time uh, I, I wouldn't like say go rush out and see it that's true uh it's gonna be three out of five for me i gave it a three and a half i made the joke that it's exactly a 3.25 to matt <laughs> had to round up huh yeah for because so, so, so the stuff that was good i did like a lot yeah Cool. Well, we did it. Five new releases in one episode. Man. Killed it, you guys. I'm tired. Good job, guys. <laughs> Marathon. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move through what else we've been watching. Uh, I don't have a ton of stuff, but uh, Tommy, you said you had six? I guess most of yours are rewatching. Yeah, I think I, I got four. I left. have seven, but I'll probably just briefly talk about most of them. So. Okay. Well, you want to knock out a couple of them? Sure. So I saw a movie that came out this year, The Lost City of Z. Oh, yeah. yeah. Directed by James Gray. It was a good movie, but it was kind of slow and kind of long. Like the movie is basically about this guy, Charlie Hunnam, uh, his character basically spends his whole life and like disregards everything to try and find this lost city of Z. And it's all about the journey. Okay. So what is this, like Atlantis or El Dorado or something? Um, I don't know exactly. Do you guys want a beer? Uh, sure, yeah. I'll take another one. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about it other than... Did you want one, though? Like, I don't have anything negative to say about it, but at the same time... It was really well-received, wasn't it? I yeah. I love this movie. It's, it's a beautiful movie. It's well shot and the performances are good in it but it's just one of those movies that there's really not a lot of takeaways for me and is this that guy from the biker gang tv show yeah yeah <clears throat> okay robert pattinson's in it as well oh really? i did enjoy him in that yeah i didn't know that he's like a chameleon these days <laughs> dude he's him and kristen stewart like post twilight like, yeah they're both really interesting actor. I'm always excited to see what... what uh, it's funny, too, because they got so much shit when that, you know, franchise started and was going on, but now they've actually, like, proved themselves as actors, and... Taylor Lautner's the only one who has proven that he <laughs> well, does, in fact, suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. But, yeah, um, I gave it a three and a half, if that gives you any connotation of how I felt about it. It, it makes was... me feel better. Uh, I missed it. Yeah. I feel like I would probably really like this movie, though. You probably would. Um, I mainly went and saw it just because... Oh, yeah, I do also want to point out that I may have not liked it as much because my theater experience was not ideal. I went and saw it at a discount theater in Federal Way, and I feel like people who go to those theaters just have no respect because it's it's only $3, so who cares? Mm-hmm. So they bring their kids. There's, like, this old couple right behind me talking about the entire movie as it's going on. Like, oh, that was a flashback. Like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And... Because people should be relegated to some sort of some sort of separate B theater. 
Exactly, yeah. A sea theater. <laughs> but um, yeah, you were already at the. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what more you want. From <laughs> but I mainly went inside just because it was super hot that day, and like the day before that, I had a really long night and I was slightly hungover mm-hmm. and I went to a wedding right before then and it was just kind of to kill time and then the theater experience wasn't great so there wasn't a lot of things going for it as far as like my personal viewing experience of it but then it just yeah it's it's a fine movie so just tell me does he not find the city but he finds himself I won't tell you that dang it because <laughs> if that's the case I don't want to watch it you got to spend 140 minutes to find out. <laughs> <laughs> he finds it in the last 30 seconds. Uh, was that the night that you texted me like seven times? The night before, drunk? yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to pull up his text real quick. <laughs> well, yeah. In a, a two hour and 20 minute period piece. I mean, it's already like. Yeah, it's not up your alley. No, the thing has a chance of peaking out of four. Travis doesn't like spies. <laughs> he doesn't like period pieces. <laughs> Probably doesn't like a ton of other things. He does like car movies. Yes. Very simple plots. Get that shit out of the way. The simple taste is the best. <laughs> okay, so this these chain of texts are from the night before Travis saw The Lost City of Z. I get a text from Travis at 9.58 p.m. on Saturday. You still at party in your ass? <laughs> Just play on pain in the grass? Oh, right. <laughs> Terrible. That joke killed. And then I said, uh, dude, corn is fucking slaying right now. And then he said, I bet. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> Fast forward to 1222. I get a text that says, you coming home anytime soon? We're in your neck of the woods, Baltic room. And then three like metal horn emojis. <laughs> and then I said, no, we just left Auburn. And then he said, Jay. I don't know what you were trying to go for there. I think uh, you could figure it out. <laughs> Jay. Cor- corn for life. Fast forward to 142. Where now? <laughs> A minute later, quit being Matt. <laughs> Seven minutes later, corn is Faye. A minute later, you heard me. 13 minutes later, 203 in the morning. Hi. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I bl- I blacked out during a point in those texts. But I texted him in the morning, and then Travis said, "I don't remember sending those texts." <laughs> <laughs> Quit being uh, good shit. Um. Anyway, was that it for Lost City of Z? Yeah, my night before that was definitely more enjoyable than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, um. One more for me. Sure. Yeah. Go on. Well, this one is fun to bring up because it's kind of ties into Baby Driver, but I watched Drive. To Live and Die in L.A., directed by William Friedkin. It's, uh, Same director as uh, Sorcerer, right? Yep. The movie's basically about this uh, secret service agent who will go to no end to stop this counterfeiter who killed his partner. You That happens early on in the movie, and then... He's just like on a rampage to find this guy and kill him. Um, but the. It's catch me if you can, but from Tom Hanks' perspective. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> a cat and mouse movie. Um, there's an awesome, there's a couple awesome car sequences in it. And in Baby Driver, he goes into oncoming traffic at one point and he definitely 
borrowed influences from this movie because they do the same thing and that's like the main car chase in this movie um but yeah it, it's a really cool movie um it's interesting and interestingly enough uh the same cinematographer as paris texas robbie muller oh yeah I still so it looks very good your, uh, your your recommendation you gotta watch that man yeah but yeah it's a uh very 80s movie it's um very hip for its time type mm-hmm. of movie but um lots of cool cats lots of cool cats yeah <laughs> but the, the car stuff is definitely the standout mm-hmm. and some of its shots just because robbie miller kills it every time <laughs> sweet <laughs> this is a movie that i want to give a f- five stars to but there's a couple things that knock it down a little bit so it's it's gonna stay at a 4.5 all right yeah cool well, because this is the second time i've seen it and the last time I watched it, I gave it a four and a half, and I want to watch it again and see if it could, you know, just make that extra. Give it another chance. But it huh? can't. It can't. <laughs> Bummer. But there's a couple, like, really cheesy moments that are, like, laugh out loud cheesy almost, and it's probably just because of the era, but. Makes sense. Yeah. Tom, you want to go next? Sure. Um, I watched Tower, which, Travis, you spoke about earlier um, this year. Not today, yeah. Um, and <laughs> it was really good. I give it four stars. Uh, it was, again, it's the rotoscope animation from the Texas shooting, the Oklahoma, no, not Oklahoma City, uh, the Austin, Texas tower bell tower guy with the sniper rifle. Um, I was actually on my way to Texas, to Austin, when I watched this movie, and I had it on my iPad, and there was this old woman sitting next to me, and I was like, shit. I wonder if she was like, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) We got a survivor here. I saw her like kind of peeking at it a couple times and I was like, ugh, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, But it was a really good movie. I thought um, probably for me where it was most powerful is they they do interviews throughout the whole movie, but um, they don't show the... uh, the real people until toward the end they stick with like actors and the animation the rotoscope um, but toward the end they start showing just live footage of these people talking about the experience and it like it really hits home for you because you're already like in it and you're like wow this is a really crazy situation people were really honest too like the there's this one woman who just confesses that that was the day she realized she was a coward and it, you know it's it's good shit so uh, at the end, when you see these actual people and hear them like finish out their story, it, it just really brings it home. I was tearing up a little bit on the uh, on the flight. The uh, animation is awesome, though. The animation like, I would is love really to awesome. see more movies that look exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and then I watched The Lion King. Great hungover movie. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, and that movie, man. It moves fast. I had a couple complaints about it that I can't really remember at this time, but uh, some of the best songs ever. Just can't wait to be king. Oh, yeah. Be that's, prepared. That's Holy shit. Good stuff. Uh, slimy yet satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> so. Cool. Everybody's seen The Lion, Lion King. Oh, is awesome. You know what? I will say, though, I didn't, I, I didn't think I was going to say much about this movie because everybody has seen The Lion King, but... Sarah was using Simba as an example of character development in her eighth grade class. And this has eight students in it, I think. Um, And only one of them 
14-year-olds had seen The Lion King. Really? We are in a different world. People are not watching The Lion King anymore. And that Come on, is, parents. Yeah, do your fucking job. Really <laughs> you got to at least start with The Lion King. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. I'm genuinely surprised. That's uh because oh, I mean that movie came out when we were kids, but even when I was a I kid, I you know I watched old Disney movies like yeah, yeah. totally rescuers. And... There are just so many now that they probably would rather watch Harry Potter or like the new all the new Pixar films that look so amazing. It, yeah, it feels weird to go back to the hand drawn animation because like even for me when I was watching The Lion King, I was like, Ooh, some of these shots. That's, look that's why terrible. you just start start them with Dumbo. <laughs> And then work your way up. Exactly. The, Every the, Disney film. They won't even know. That, well, that's they won't the even problem, know the difference. Though. You can't just own those movies because you have to wait for them to be released all the time, right? Yeah. And some of them are in the vault. Yeah. So that might be part of it. Yeah, that's true. And they're not streaming, typically. Sometimes mm-hmm. they are. I think when they when they come out of the vault, sometimes they get like a brief Netflix contract where they're on yeah. for a little bit. Disney has some out. sort of contract with Netflix, but yeah. they're not all just readily available. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, I had uh, two new movies and a rewatch, so I'll just knock out the two new movies. Um, I watched a Hulu original documentary called Dumb, the story of Big Brother Magazine. And for those who aren't familiar, uh, Big Brother Magazine was a skateboarding magazine in the 90s, and a lot of the guys from Jackass got their start in Big Brother. So, like, Jackass was kind of a merger of big brother some random characters that they brought in and then the cky music uh, the cky videos which is where like bam and uh don and those guys came in so that's kind of how the crew came together mm-hmm. but big brother was actually like a super influential like skate magazine so like at the time you really only had two skateboarding magazines like prominent ones it was thrasher and trans world and trans world was like the super clean like no swear words it was just all about the skateboarding and like their image was very pristine but big brother like they wanted to show skateboarding as they knew it so they had lots of pictures of boobies and lots of drugs and a lot of the articles weren't even about skateboarding it was just about skate culture it's a lifestyle bro yeah and like (laughs) drinks and stuff so the uh, editor in chief of Big to Brother. My hat back yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. Really added to that line. Selling it. Uh, like so, like the editor in chief of Big Brother magazine is Jeff Tremaine, who's the creator of Jackass and Wild Boys and all that stuff. Uh, and if you like Jackass, you would like this movie because a lot of people they interview are the Jackass guys. Uh, Spike Jones gets interviewed. Uh, there's a scene. That I had never seen before. So Big Brother also put out videos, which were kind of the precursor to Jackass. And there's one scene where Johnny Knoxville shoots himself in the chest with a gun. What? It was <laughs> really tense. I was like... Oh, like a real gun? A real gun. <laughs> was... And obviously, you know he survives. Yeah. I mean, he's still around today. But like, it was really tense. So there's some really good... I'm assuming footage. he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, he okay. was wearing a Kevlar vest. But he just point blank shoots himself in the chest. Jesus. Um... So oh it's a gosh. really interesting, it's like the rise and fall of the magazine, basically. So if you were ever a fan of Jackass, I would highly recommend watching I this. never even knew about Big Brother. The only Big Brother I know about is that reality TV but show. Yeah, which is also great. 
Um, but yeah, it's a Hulu original documentary. So if you're all interested in skateboarding or jackass, it's definitely worth a watch because they interview Steve-O, Knoxville, uh, Pontius is prominently featured. So it was good. So I'll watch. And then the other movie that I watched is a 2016 release called Two Lovers and a Bear. You guys heard of this movie? What? No. I've heard of Two Lovers. I googled, I was in the mood for a good cry, so I googled uh, Netflix movies will make you cry or something. And most of it was like, Dear Zachary, Atonement, like shit I've already seen. Uh, But one of them had Two Lovers and a Bear on it. Uh, So I watched it, and it fucking sucked. Mm. Uh, initially i was intrigued because the movie takes place in the antarctic so which is not a lot of movies are set in the antarctic you have to think and that was the only one i could come up with on top of my head but uh it was initially interesting just for the setting but it stars uh dane dehan who the more i see of him the Mm. more i'm like that dude fucking sucks uh basically it's a the movie is about Dane DeHaan and this woman, and the woman is moving away from the Antarctic to go back to school, so she's leaving in 10 days, and it's, like, relationship drama, but Dane DeHaan can talk to bears? <laughs> For no real good reason? Like, that is never explained, he just can talk to bears, and it doesn't really serve the plot of the movie at all, it's just kind of a weird magical realism element to it. And then the girl constantly sees her dead dad who, like, raped her and, like... It's not a good movie. Uh, It was not sad. The performances were fine, but they weren't great. Um, Never really goes anywhere. I was bored. I can't recommend it. If you're looking for a good cry, stay away, because this movie sucks. But I did look it up, and it has pretty good reviews. Hmm. The The title's pretty bad. Yeah. It's stupid. Would not interest me. I would prefer it if it were the other way around. A bear and two lovers. Sounds like a... I already like it better. Sounds like a... <laughs> two slasher. <laughs> or two bears and a lover. Two bears. <laughs> yeah, it was not great. Um, and then I had a rewatch, but I'll save that. I'm curious to... Two bear lovers. <laughs> Have you done any of yours yet, Tom? Yeah, huh? he just did a tower and... Oh, game. right. Yeah. Um, but I got two more. I got five more. Five? Yeah. You, three of them. Okay, so I watched Bleed for This, the... Oh, the Miles Teller Boxing movie, movie. yeah, with Miles Teller. I was just thinking about that movie for some reason. <clears throat> Maybe you both saw it streaming somewhere. Where did you watch it? The library. The library. Yeah. <laughs> the library. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty typical boxing movie, but it is... I I really enjoy boxing movies. They're always usually enjoyable name one good boxing movie name one bad one all of them are bad <laughs> no, no way, dude. Dude. boxing movies are dope no they're the worst no Nuh-uh. it's I, such a nuh-uh. good <laughs> no dude i actually don't think i like any boxing not movies. even rocky i don't like rocky they're what? not inspirational or like no. really did I... you see creed yeah you didn't like I'm... creed either okay i liked it i think it's a good it's a good sport boxing to sports like part. as a drop drop Back for a movie. Backdrop, yeah. Two lovers and a bear. <laughs> what about, <laughs> what about Raging Bull? Oh man, I need to rewatch that. Honestly, I think right. I was taken aback by the uh, lack of boxing in Raging Bull. That's true. Yeah. Oops. Anyway, turns so... out the less boxing you have in a movie, the better it gets. <laughs> no. uh, so yeah, like I said, it's a pretty typical boxing movie. Um, 
it's just like a comeback. He gets in a car accident and then the doctor basically says, says that he can't ever fight again. And he's like, screw that. I'm going to do whatever it takes. So he Cinderella man. rehabs. Family. Yeah. No, he did it for himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Miles Teller's really good in it. Uh, the boxing scenes are well shot and interesting. Um, I like his character, not necessarily like, well, yeah, just the way he is as a boxer because he's very aggressive and the more he gets hit, the more he thrives on it. So that just adds like a level of intensity to the boxing uh, scenes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about it other than it's worth watching if you're if you're into boxing movies. Better or worse than Southpaw? Definitely better. But I hated Southpaw. That's I that's Southpaw was okay. that's a bad boxing movie. Southpaw. It's, it's fine. It's fine. What's his deal, man? It's not really necessarily his fault. He was good in it. I thought. Yeah, I just thought some of the plot was pretty dumb. It is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, yeah, and then I rewatched Kids. Oh, fuck you. I don't know. I saw your rating on Letterboxd, and that's pretty it? harsh. Like, one and a half or something like that. Oh, that's about right. What don't, do you remember what you don't like about it? No, I saw it when I was 18. Oh. But it, even then, I thought it was a garbage movie. That was before I hated Harmony Corinne. So if I watched it now, i probably hate it even more. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I think it's pretty Harmony impressive Corrine. that he wrote this at the age of 18. Because like, he's definitely commenting on his culture and his people. But um, it's very bleak. It's hard to watch at times. Like, it's kind of gross in a way. Like, these are just terrible kids. Like, the opening scene is this teenage kid trying to deflower this girl. And it's, like, it's so hard to watch. And the camera doesn't cut away from it. And he's, like, he sweet talks her. And then later on in the movie, he does the same exact thing to another girl. And, mm -hmm. like, well, that's the plot of the movie. He tries to give as many people AIDS as he can, right? Yeah, but it, that's not, like, his motivation. He just loves having sex with virgins. But, like, the whole movie is just, like, it's a comment on just teenagers who do shitty things and, like, the consequences of them. Mm. Um, I think... don't necessarily understand the consequences of their actions. Right. It's, it's definitely a, a powerful movie. And, like I said, it's very, like, gritty and bleak. Um a lot of the performances are really good and natural. Like a lot of the dialogue, it it sounds terrible, but it sounds like teenagers would actually talk. Mm -hmm. See, I that that was my main problem with the movie because I once was a teenager, but I didn't talk like that. You're not a a little dick bag living in New York it just City. Felt, it felt so it felt so fake to me. It just felt like he was trying to be edgy because that's his whole fucking shtick. He tries to be edgy. It's definitely trying to be edgy, but I think it's trying to say something as well. And it's it's heightened. It's he's he's basically packing every issue of teenage kids growing up in this area into ninety minutes and between like a few characters. So some of it seems like a little excessive like there's no way these kids are this terrible but it's just like representation representation of teenage life in general so it's a really good movie i enjoy it well no i do not enjoy it but it's a very <laughs> good movie <laughs> it, it's it's hard to watch That's a complicated like, seriously, especially the ending it's so it's such a downer i'm not gonna watch it don't it's terrible stay far away too real man a little or too not. real for you <laughs> And one more. Yeah, you said three, right? Yeah. Two. So this one, 
yeah, kids kind of leads into this. Uh, so I watched Heaven Knows What, the Softy Brothers movie, the guys who are doing oh, good, good time. time. Okay. Yeah. It was okay. Uh, it's basically about like this girl who's, well, this group of heroin addicts, and they're just trying to get their fix. And it just shows just the life of a heroin addict and how terrible that would be. Um, it's a very gritty and bleak movie, just like kids, but I didn't really enjoy it that much. And man, the movies you watched, dude. Yeah. This one was kind of brutal. Oh, it's got Kayla Landry Jones in it. Yeah. I didn't really like him in it too much. He was, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of, it's not enjoyable at all. Like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. It's just like it's not a pleasing watch, and Does it's it not as effective as um, Kids is. Okay. The main girl in it, though, th- the movie was like based off her real life. Like these two br- brothers who are directors, they found this girl on the street and kind of interviewed her, and I think she wrote like a book about her life, and then they made a movie out of it. I think I either saw a commercial for this or like five minutes of it. Yeah, I would skip it. Okay. Cool. But I am excited for Good Time. That it looks does awesome. Look cool. Good yeah. Time looks really good. All right. Go ahead, someone else. Uh, all right. I'll finish mine off. Um, before I forget, I watched, Sarah and I watched the last episode of season seven of Bob's Burgers, and it was pretty depressing. Is right. it over now, or? No, the episode wasn't depressing. It's episode, It's depressing because we don't have more Bob's Burgers. Oh, so oh. Much. it's the end of an era? No, well, that's not over. It's just that's the end of the most recent. Oh, yeah. And oh, we wow, were watching. Tom. You'll be okay. <laughs> no. This is a sad thing, okay? That there's no more Bob's Burgers new episodes for us to watch now. Uh, we do need to watch seasons three through six. Oh, my God. But they're not streaming anymore. You'll, you'll be just fine. All right. We have a lot of Bob's Burgers to watch, but that show is the best. That show is great. It's uh, it, That show is a blanket for anybody. It's like they're. You know, their life blanket, basically. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, I watched two Denny Villanueva films. They were both rewatches, Sicario and Arrival. Um, man, I love both of those movies a lot. Arrival went up on a rewatch and I yeah. bumped it from four to four and a half. I even might move that to a five because... I definitely want to rewatch it because I feel like I'd have the same reaction. Yeah, well, I mean... Obviously, there's some stuff that come that falls into place a little bit differently if you know how the movie ends um, on on a rewatch. But also, it was so obvious, but also so well done that I kind of felt stupid for not catching more of it on the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my complaints—I don't remember perfectly—but I think one of my complaints was that it didn't really. I didn't think that it pulled it off. I didn't think there was enough like uh, lead up to where they went with it. There was so but much. But there's stuff. so much. It's so obvious when you're watching it the second time. You're like, oh, wow. And it's really well done. It's not like in a heavy-handed way. It's in a... Because you didn't notice the first time you watched exactly. it. Exactly. Like not until you look back on it. I know it. Man, really uh, appreciated that. And I, I like those movies, um, those like alien movies, like Signs kind of, where you know, you're hearing the stuff on the news and on the radio, and it's really about the people. Uh, not so much the aliens right. even yeah. though the aliens are very real and they show them and like they have interactions but uh it's just a different tone it's not a horror it's more of like a mirror to 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 human society you know yeah 
anyway well his movies are really rich too and i've only like gone up on movies after rewatching them yeah. with him like prisoners sicario oh yeah prisoners um, are really good and I'm assuming Arrival. Oh, yeah. I went from not liking Enemy to enjoying it, but still slightly puzzled. But I feel like... Slightly puzzled? Well, I've seen that movie like six times. Yeah. So I'm, what the fuck is Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Sicario is also really awesome. It's like gritty. Uh, it's beautiful. Man, you dive right in. When you're like... They do a really good job of... Um, leaving you feeling the same way that uh, the main character, Emily Blunt's character, feels when she shows up and she knows she wants to be there, but she doesn't know what she's getting herself into. She just knows that if she doesn't do this, she'll regret it. Um, If she doesn't go along with what they're talking about, and even though they're not giving her enough information. And then all of a sudden, you're going into Juarez, and you're following, I love that overhead shot where you're following the five black cars as they speed through all oh, of the Oh, and you have the guy in like the, the gunner seat and you just have like yeah. the car behind it bouncing along. Yeah, but so good. even before that, when they're coming into the, uh, coming over the border and you see the crossings and they have like a, a spot set aside for them to go tearing through yeah, and you're yeah. just following them and they look like little ants. It's like, whoa, here we go, you know, and it's so nerve wracking and she doesn't know what's going to happen. Oh man, so awesome! Uh, yeah, that movie's that movie's killer. Like Which that. one do you prefer if you had to pick? Gun to your head, Arrival. Just because I think Gotta Arrival re-watch it. has More so rich. much, like there's just so much going on with it. You know, this is uh, Sicario is awesome and gritty and like real life and makes you think about how you want to like accomplish certain things or or what you're willing to give up ethically to achieve like a greater good or whether that's worth it or, you know, how, you know, right. Um, well, that movie feels very realistic too, compared to other movies like mm -hmm. it. Other movies feel like definitely feels like a movie. Oh yeah. There's that part where, cause the movie opens with an explosion at a place that they're, uh, they're like busting down to catch some, some drug dealers. Um, and, there's that part where Josh Brolin's character and Josh Brolin is great in that movie. Yeah. Uh, where he says in six months, there's going to be explosives rigged in every house that you search. So do you want to deal with that? Or, oh, you know, do you want to come? He does that the entire movie. Like, yeah. This is how it is. So yeah. you're either going to fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd pick a rival, but they're both equally they're both awesome fantastic. for me. Uh, so I have one last thing to talk about. Uh, it's a rewatch for me. Uh, I rewatched Wedding Crashers. Have you guys seen that? <laughs> Love that came movie. Out? Um, I've seen that movie like eight times. I've seen it a few times, but I haven't seen it in years. So same. Uh, so I watched it with this girl I've been dating. It hasn't it like aged well. One of her favorite <laughs> movies. I was never that huge of a fan of it to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not that huge of a fan of it now. Vince Vaughn is hilarious in this movie. Uh, yeah, he kind of has this like mumble mouth, like rapid fire, mm-hmm. like just rattling off jokes, and he's really funny. But this movie has major pacing issues. Like the first like twenty minutes in the movie is hilarious. It's like joke after joke after joke. But then once the wedding happens and then they go back to the like the island, yeah, uh, it really slows down. The best part is Will Ferrell. Yes, Will Ferrell. Yeah. The whole, I don't think he's the best part. But the whole mom scene is amazing. Mom, yeah. we love <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck. <laughs> right. 
no, the best part, the best part is when he, uh, they're at the funeral. Uh-huh. Owen Wilson goes with the funeral. He's got his arms on those two chicks, and he's like fake crying. And he's like winking at people. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it is very funny. It's just inconsistent for me and it gets very sappy and sentimental by the end where you know Owen Wilson shows up last minute and like interrupts Vince Vaughn's wedding to like talk to um the fuck is her name Rachel McAdams Um, Rachel McAdams um yeah uh it was I was just curious to see if you guys had rewatched it recently because it's probably been a couple years it did coin the phrase stage five clinger right yes yeah it did no. Still use that one. That's today. true. <laughs> Rule 33, play like a champion. No excuses. I was so, like I said, it's, it's one of Jess's favorite movies. Is it movies. Bradley Cooper, like the asshole brother in that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. He does a good job in that What's role. his like name? Like the Harvard graduate or something? but like Tad or something. It's it's Chad. <laughs> is that's it Chad? The, Chad. Yeah. That is the <laughs> best douchebag name ever. Chad? Yeah. Ultimate. That's pretty good. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, so I was watching it with Jess, and it's, like, one of her favorite movies, so she was doing the thing where she kept, like, quoting it as uh, it was happening, yeah. and I was just like, you gotta stop doing that, because <laughs> no one likes watching a movie where the other person is just quoting. Like, it's one thing if, like, I was watching Super Bow with someone, and we've both seen it a million times, and it's kind of fun to do quotes, but, like, yeah. I didn't remember most of the lines, so just like... I do have to tell a story about the name Chad, real quick. All right, go ahead. So, you guys, it's probably been a long time since you've seen it, but Charlie's Angels... Like I've the remake? Oh, okay. Well, I saw it in the theater, but this might be a spoiler, but who cares, right? This movie's like 17 years old. So. Yeah. yeah. It's probably not on the top of your watch list either. <laughs> no, I probably will never So anyways, uh, Tom Green is like in a relationship. If I remember correctly, Tom Green is in a relationship with Drew Barrymore's character, but then she's also like with another guy whose name is Chad. Mm. And there's a great moment at the end of the movie where he's like, he like lives in a submarine or something weird or like a boathouse. And like, as he's like the two. going away, he's like, the Chad was great. Like basically like, you know, fuck Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was dating this girl in high school where I had the similar situation where, you know, I was dating her. I wanted it to be something more than what we were, you know, we were just dating. But then she was also dating another guy named Chad. And I just wanted to like make that joke so many times. <laughs> Because she ended up being with Chad. So I was like, the Chad was great. <laughs> the Chad was great. <laughs> I did after the fact, like, you know, once but I not said to it. Face. No. So a- anytime the, I hear the name Chad, I'm just like, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all the Chads <laughs> listening right I know, now. I know one Chad who's not a douchebag. Yeah, okay. me too. I still think it's a really douchebaggy name. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Absolutely. Chad. Absolutely. <laughs> if there are any Chads listening, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, cool. All right. All right. Travis? So I watched Breaking a Monster, the documentary about the uh, teenage African-American metal group Unlocking the Truth. You guys know about that band? No. Yeah, they're Not like 13. All. Yeah. Nice. So it basically just, the, the documentary is about them getting a record deal, being discovered, and then them dealing with trying to adapt to being famous while also being so young. Like, um, they, they get a a huge record deal from Sony and then Sony's kind of like dragging them along as far as like when they're going to record. And the kids like just don't understand that business deals take time and like, you know, they may not just be ready to record music, but the kids are kind of being 
childish in a way like they're like why can't we just record now like yeah like they just want to be famous right away but like it's also them just like dealing with being a kid still because like they'll like goof off in meetings and they want to go skateboard but their manager's like you can't skateboard because if you you know break your arm then we're not gonna be able to go on tour so it's like them dealing with all that but it's there's like some really good moments that they capture in this just like the struggle of i mean they're in a great situation but at the same time like they're dealing with shit that like most kids their age don't deal with mm-hmm. wait is this a documentary or yeah. okay and when what time period is this is this modern uh yeah it's they're they're still like up and coming like they played coachella and they played a couple other festivals they've opened for like metallica Whoa. um but it's really cool seeing them like finally get a gig like when they play coachella and it goes to that performance like i almost teared up a bit just because it was just so like satisfying seeing these kids get their big break even though like the movie also comments on like how they're almost like a gimmick and sony's taking advantage that they're a gimmick because like they're just just because of their age yeah and they're they're black but they play metal music so that also plays into it as well and like they got their start in Times square like people just donating money and stuff but it's it's awesome it's one of the best documentaries i've seen in a while and what's it called breaking a monster where did you watch this netflix okay and it's 90 minutes long so Mm -hmm. everyone should watch it nice i'll put it on the list and then I one last thing I watched The Lodger. It's a very old Alfred Hitchcock movie. It's a from the silent era. I've never heard of that one. It's from 1927. So was that like his first? Film? It was his second, I think. So I watched this online for free. And like on YouTube or what? Uh, yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. Except I don't know if I watched the full version because my version was like 70 minutes long, but then. I've seen various runtimes of like 90 or 100 minutes long. It's just coming out on Criterion, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it's it was really good. It's it's almost like the like the first of like the thriller serial killer like type almost like slasher type movie in a sense, but obviously not nearly where they are now because it was 90 years ago. Um, but there's like some really cool shots in it, like especially for being that old, like you can definitely see how talented he was like at such a young career. And um, it's it, I would say it's worth watching. Like I definitely enjoyed it, but you have to go in with the right mindset because it's silent. a silent movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the quality of the stream that I watched wasn't very great either, just because it's such an old movie. But if if you have patience, I'd say check it out. Does that count as a period piece? No. <laughs> it's got to be... It takes place in the 20s, right? True. true. <laughs> <laughs> but it was shot present then. <laughs> yeah, we get it. <laughs> we know how time works. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that's it for us, right? Besides the Rotten Tomatoes Because game. I failed to watch... Um, what, what was it? Don't tell mom Don't the tell babysitter's dead. Don't tell your mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah. So Tom's going to have to Tom sucks. catch up on that one. Fuck Tom. I might have to watch too. It depends on how this game turns out. I like out. how you just completely forgot. It wasn't just like a good excuse or anything. No, You're like, oh no. I, I fucking forgot. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like a bad movie. I yeah. decided to have to. I decided to watch Lion King for wasn't the 80th time. <laughs> All right. Well, it's my turn this week to pick. So my pick. For the boys is Jacob's Ladder, 
Mm. which is a psychological horror movie that was put out in 1990. Um, I remember really liking this movie when I saw it. I think I was still in high school. And, I hope uh, it doesn't age terribly like some 90s movies do. Yeah. Uh, this movie has a cult following, though. People really like this movie. Mm. Um, so it stars uh, Tim Robbins. Um, it, he's basically in this, like, nightmare dreamscape where he thinks he's having a dream but he it kind of blurs the line between reality and dream oh, it's pretty re- cool i have to read the uh catch tag on the back yeah do it the most frightening thing about jacob singer's nightmare is that he isn't dreaming oh yeah you guys stoked it's scary shit well if tom loses he's got a double duty <laughs> i'm pretty stoked to see this okay well, this is from my personal collection, by the way. Yeah, I was going to pick uh, Them, which is one of my favorite horror movies, but Travis had already seen it. Yeah, so. I ruined it. Yeah, fuck, fuck Travis. Yeah. Okay, so I have their written submissions here for mm-hmm. what they think the movie is rated on Rotten Tomatoes. So I have Tom's pick. He chose 77%. Ooh, lucky number 77%. Travis went with 67%. I almost went with 76 but then I flipped him. Whoa. Yeah. Huge. 67 and 77 Actual Rotten Tomatoes score? 69%. Oh, shit. Tom okay. gets double Put it on the board. Double duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah. Here you go. Week. July 4th, baby. Yeah, I just watch movies all day. Cool. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, next feature review is definitely going to be War of the Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes. That looks cool. Oh, We're yeah, all baby. For that one. Um, is there anything else? I mean, knowing me and Travis, we'll probably get more fucking screeners. Yeah, there? I'd like to catch a screener. I usually get a screener or three. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Spider Man. I'm definitely planning on seeing Spider Man. Yeah, we should probably yeah. see that too. What else we got here? I'm pulling up coming soon. It's a lot of movies, though. There's some buzz. Oh, Ghost Story comes out next week, but we already talked about that one. I already saw it. Who cares? <laughs> Fuck it. I didn't see it, but it looks kind of boring. I would say you could wait. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to wait. Uh, that's basically it. Uh, Lady Macbeth looks kind of cool, but I don't know if that's going to be playing here. I don't even weekend. know what that is. That does look cool. I've heard good things. Is that Is a that period a piece? Yeah. <laughs> No, oh, we got a. I think no. it's a. Isn't it a modern take on? No, it's not. Never. It's still a period piece. It's a period right? piece. Is this like the fifth rendition of Macbeth? Probably, yeah. Is 12. this Keanu Reeves? That is Keanu yeah. Reeves. Yeah, what's He's it in called? a movie called To the Bone. Mm-hmm. To the Hill. Hey, we could watch. To the window. I don't know if you guys both want to watch it, but I rented The Bad Batch on Voodoo, so we could watch that and review it. Oh yeah, that's a new. That's a new release, right? That's the We'd have to girl who up, walks but... home alone at night woman right yeah i've been movie. hearing a lot of mixed things about it Me so too. i'm excited yeah we can i check still want to see a girl walks on a yeah i do need to watch that maybe i'll watch that and we can watch the bad batch all right okay cool that is gonna do it this week so we'll be back in two weeks uh you can send us an email cinephiles digest at gmail.com like us on facebook follow us on twitter at cinephile digest.com um, and be careful out there on July 4th. We stay don't wanna, safe. We don't want to get any emails about people who blew off their fingers. Don't drink and drive. Yeah. We get so many emails. <laughs> yeah. That's the last email we want to see. Don't get a go. sunburn. <laughs> Apply. Don't lather it on. <laughs> Overcook your burgers. That's a sin. 
And your hot dogs. I have a family friend who will only eat a hot dog if it's burnt to a crisp. Gross. Yeah, it's fucked. That's so, gross. My cousin, uh, yesterday we had a barbecue and he refers to burgers if you just, you know, eat them without the bun as uh, meat cookies. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> like he just who grabs. Burgers no, he just, just grabs a patty? A, a patty with cheese and just eats it and a calls it a meat co- cookie. Oh, man. <laughs> Last night I was at a wedding and uh, around 11. Or maybe ten thirty when you know you know okay here's the classic way that a a wedding goes you start out with the old oldies where all the old people will dance and have a good time and it's pretty like innocent and then they start to get tired and then you just you throw on turn down for what and everybody Ooh. goes crazy uh, about it's exactly how a wedding yes, goes <laughs> exactly about twenty minutes after the first little John song came on uh, we had Dick's Burgers delivered and oh, yeah. yeah. It was That's amazing. Killer. Who delivered it? Uber Eats. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I guess they just had it like you know predetermined, but it was a surprise for everybody, and it was amazing. There were like fifty Dick's Burgers just sitting on the table. Was that the food, or was that like a like a little snack? No, no. no. We'd already had dinner. We oh, already okay. had like a taco bar for dinner, and then all of a sudden, there's just all these fatty burgers just ready to refill the yeah. dancing. Anyway, uh, anybody who's getting married, you should probably have uh, it's your, a good local, touch. your local burger place delivered. <laughs> okay, cool. That's going to do it for this week. We will be back in two weeks. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, stay safe out there. Peace out. Bye. Gold dripper, flow flipper, smoke killer, slow zipper, quick temper, temperamental, sharp mental, departmental, tight fellow, when wanna be him, when wanna see him, they the tight, really be jealous. Have you guys ever seen your mom do a beer bong? Because I have. No. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I was like 16. My mom just crushed a beer bong.